But who's going out to the ballpark early today? Who's going out to play some catch in the handful of surface lots that are still left around PNC Park? Who's going to get really geeked up for this? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning and happy opening day, the real opening day, the one that occurs in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the 136th such occasion. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that I hope you'll check out. But today belongs in this city. As unpopular as the ownership is, as uncool as the Pirates have become around here, especially with our younger generation, this is still opening day. You can't take your eyes off it. You can't take your mind off it. You, you're, you're lying if you say that you've taken your heart out of the equation. I know better. This franchise gets passed down from generation to generation to generation. This owner will not be here forever. This team will remain a civic institution, really unlike any other that we have. So when they have those opening ceremonies today, and Greg Brown goes over some of the awards that were won in the past, he goes over, most unfortunately, those uh, alumni who've been lost, and when those players get introduced and run out to the third baseline and the loudest cheers are saved for Brian Reynolds and Brian Hayes, you know, okay, you know, you can get mad, you can do that, you can vent, a lot of you vent in this direction, and I'm grateful for that, in a way, (laughs) but... But I I know who you are if you pressed play to listen to this show today. Go nuts. Breathe your fire and brimstone at Bob Nutting. Really? That's actually now become a part of being a Pirates fan. But when Jose Quintana throws that first pitch and it's ball one, you're going to be disappointed. And when he throws that second pitch, and whatever dude's leading off for the Cubs launches that thing into the bleachers, you're going to be really ticked off. And you're going to be looking around for nutting. You know, maybe he's sitting out here the way Kevin McClatchy used to. Maybe he's sitting in some suite, and you're going to look around for him, and you're going to over the payroll. There's a reason you're going to be doing that. It's because you care. It's because you care. And you can't escape that. There was a a guy I used to go to games with years ago. This was back in Three River Stadium days. We got to know each other mostly over a message board. And so we didn't sit together or anything like that. But I knew where he was in the stadium. The Three Rivers days... Uh, I was a season ticket holder over there, and I knew where everybody sat. I even came up with nicknames for them just from watching them all the time. So when I say season ticket holder, I'm talking 81 games, all right? I didn't mess around. I got an email one day from this individual, and he told me he was done. That was it. 
I don't even remember what it was at this point. It might have been Aramis Ramirez because that was it for a lot of people. That's it. I'm done. I'm out. I am stone cold, not interested at all in the Pirates. And I wrote him back something similar to what I'm sharing with you here, which is, no, you're not. No, you're not. You have no choice in this matter. Dude got legitimately mad at me. Are you attacking my integrity? Da, 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 whatever. Okay. So I was like, whoa, 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 okay, man, go ahead and have your bad day. Whatever, right? A few years pass. Actually, a lot of years, like a decade. And the blackout game happens. And Cueto drops the ball. And Russell doesn't miss the next pitch. And a couple days later, not right away. A couple days later, I get this long, emotional email from this individual. I had heard from in a long time, by the way. And he tells me the story of taking his father to the game and how his father dreamed of someday being able to see the Pirates win again and how it was just like a fantasy come true that night. And I'm not sharing with you anything that, you haven't either already experienced yourself or heard from someone else. But for me to have it come from this guy really told me a lot. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. They are located on Federal Street right across from PNC Park. And today... With the home opener, both North Shore Tavern and the companion venture right next door, Mike's Beer Bar, are opening at 10 a.m. And both places are still taking reservations for times no later than 1 p.m. So make sure you go to NorthShoreTavern.com and check out what they're offering and, you know, that you can get in. It's kind of a big deal today. I'm honestly happy for Mike Sukich. Uh, the owner of both places, North Shore Tavern and Mike's Beer Bar. Uh, it's been a rough couple of years in that business. And today, even with the Clemente Bridge closed for a couple of years now for construction, um, to have the places, both of them, packed like this, uh, you're not going to find a happier man in town than my friend Mike. And you're going to be happy, too, presuming the team can... Pull out another win, especially if it's one like that game Sunday in St. Louis where they did almost everything right. They pitched okay after Bryce Wilson's start, played great defense, and got some big hits. Grand slam from Michael Chavis, three for five out of Diego Castillo. It's amazing, amazing, I say, how quickly that faucet went from ice cold to flaming hot. In terms of the reaction, all of a sudden, losing the first two games to the Cardinals and being outscored 15 to 2 didn't seem like the end of civilization. And that eventually Nutting's just going to move the team because he's he's evil and he's Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. It's a ride. It's a rough ride. If you wanted something easier in life, you could have chosen one of Pittsburgh's other two teams or if you're just into baseball, you could have been one of those people that follows some other city's teams, you know, kind of like a lot of people do now with 
uh, English Premier League soccer where they just anoint, like, I don't know, uh, Manchester United or whatever any of those teams are called. I don't follow them. Done that, you could have just said, you know what? The Dodgers have all this money. I am such a Dodgers fan. And you'd have yourself the the most stress-free summer. Might get a little hairy for you in the fall. <laughs> they haven't done all that well in the postseason the last couple of years. But it it's it'd be a simpler way to go through life. You're not gonna do that though. You're not going to do that. They lose today, you're going to be back tomorrow. It's just it's just who you are. And I would not say this to random anybody that I was talking to somewhere. I'm saying this to you because you pressed play on this thing. When we come back, just one question. back it is time for j1q and today's comes from john grochowski although some version of this question was sent by a lot of people so john is more like the spokesman today john asks i know it's way early in the season and that the last game in st louis was canceled but what is to be said about a manager who was preparing to scrap a lineup that had just garnered nine runs well earned runs only the day before. I could come up with the briefest possible answer to this, John, and share the advanced analytical study that powerfully illustrates that lineup optimization, the perfect lineup, the most immaculate, intelligent lineup that a manager could conceivably produce will result in your team gaining a total of seven or eight runs over the full season. It just isn't that important. It has seemed that way to us for more than 130 years. But like a lot of baseball truths that have been legitimately blown up by analytics, This one just persists. People will not let go of lineups. Even protection in the batting order, which has been blown to smithereens, no longer exists, should never be discussed, was never a real thing, still comes up regularly because we're used to talking about baseball the way we did as kids or whenever. The idea that the person hitting behind you can make you a better hitter has no basis in reality. Are you going to see more strikes? Sure, if the pitcher can throw more strikes. Are you going to be able to hit those pitches just because they're in the strike zone? Because mythical person behind you is going to scare the pitcher and be the boogeyman? No, no, of course not. But we've repeated it for who knows how long, and no one lets it go. And the same thing applies to lineups. 
people were going bonkers over Daniel Vogelback hitting leadoff in St. Louis. It was done for a very specific reason. They were looking for someone to get Adam Wainwright to throw more pitches than he usually does. And Vogelback had led the entire major leagues in pitches seen per plate appearance last year. That's not even all that advanced of a stat. It was a good approach. It didn't work. It didn't matter if he was going to be 270 pounds and not be able to steal second because stolen bases aren't even a big part of the game anymore. Now, that said, to your point, you're referring, unless I'm misreading you, to the fact that Diego Castillo played one day on Sunday and then he wasn't going to be in Derek Shelton's lineup yesterday for what should have been the series finale. Instead, it got rained out. And I know that drives people nuts, especially when they look across the way and see that Ollie Marmol, the Cardinals manager, was using the same nine guys for every game the entire series. Well, the Cardinals are in a slightly different stage of their development. Look at that roster. Look at who his choices are. Look how accomplished those individuals are. If I see Shelton messing with Reynolds or Hayes, then I'll start questioning him about Reynolds and Hayes. Because right now, all he's got in that lineup, all he's got that has earned playing time every single day or close to every single day are those two guys. Shelton should begin every morning by penciling in Reynolds and Hayes. And everything that happens after that, honestly, doesn't matter. Do you want to give Castillo a chance? Sure, he just got here. He's going to get his at-bats, especially if he keeps performing the way he did, not just Sunday, but also down in spring training. Chavis is going to get his opportunities, but so are other guys. Yoshi Tsutsugo is going to get his opportunities at first base and at DH. Vogelback is going to get his opportunities. None of these players that we're talking about, not one, is deserving of any kind of righteous indignation about lineup usage. They're not that important. I'll throw in another one for you. O'Neill Cruz, when he gets here, he is a critically important part of this franchise's future. And once he's here, he needs to play every day, and he needs to have a spot in that order. And you know how many people the Pirates will be up to then? Yeah, three. One-third of the lineup. And everyone will still fuss over the order of the other six when they just don't matter. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. I mean that. I really do. And I hope everyone who's heading down here to the home opener has a good time over there. And most importantly, that you drive here safely and you arrive home safely. There's nothing more dangerous that we do in our lives than driving cars. Let's talk again tomorrow.